Welcome back to the Unheard of Podcast. Your chance to sit back, relax, be a part of the friendship. Now, I am doing something different today because I just took Jordan Peterson's personality test because I was interested after Big Chicken, Corey Batwell did his. I was like, you know what? I want to see what numbers I actually get uh, in regards to the scores. So let's go across and have a look. So it's big five-factor scores. Your scores are presented in percentiles. The percentile indicates where you stand on a particular trait with respect to the population. And so just out of 100%, my top five scores, or my notable scores, were agreeableness, which is 50%, extroversion, 95%, conscientiousness, 66 openness, 89 neuroticism, 47 Now we're going to dive a little bit deeper into each one of these and just explain, explain what it means for my personality i guess is that is that what we're on about let me just close these bad boys just this now i assume that you guys can still see my face let's just double check that that's working yeah so agreeableness typical or average uh so agreeableness is a very complex trait with marked positive and negative elements along all its distribution because of this, higher scores and lower scores need to be explained at the same time. People in higher agreeableness are compliant, nurturing, kind, naively trusting, and concili conciliatory. However, because of their tendency to avoid conflict... Yeah, this is weird. All the conflict questions I did say, like, oh, I kind of I do. So, like, moderately low in agreeableness would mean that I'm stubborn, dominant, dominant harsh, skeptical, competitive, and in the extreme, even predatory. I'm definitely not predatory, but I am stubborn, sometimes harsh, and very skeptical towards things, and I'm blunt and straightforward. Uh, so that's where that one comes in, which I thought was interesting, and I haven't done a personality score for, for so long. So agreeableness, 50%, everyone. And we can all learn what all these mean as we go. So here's one, compassion. I think we all know what compassion is. I've got pretty high compassion. I feel like uh, they're quite concerned about helping other people and avoid a negative emotion. They make more time and do more kind things for others, even when they are in fulfilling with their own needs and interests. I care about other people. Politeness, 12. <laughs> Damn, I would have thought I was, I'm actually quite polite and I'm very, okay, so they can be respectful, but only to people who clearly deserve and demand it. There it is, boys and girls. That sounds like me. Uh, they're not particularly uncomfortable confronting other people. Again, that sounds like me. Um, their skepticism may make it difficult for them to find a place in the middle or lower hierarchies of power and dominance. They tend to strongly be dominant rather than submissive, particularly if they are also low in neuroticism. Those who are liberal politically somewhat score lower in politeness than conservatives. Very interesting. Women are, women are higher in politeness than men. The mean percentile for women is 59 for men, 41. Very strange. Conscientiousness, 66%. Uh, so let's just... So conscientious people implement their plans and establish and maintain order. The two aspects of conscientiousness are industriousness and orderliness. You're right. So they're less likely than average to procrastinate. Strange, because I do procrastinate. Maybe that's why I'm only at 66. Uh, if a moderately conscientious person promises to do something they will do it and rarely be delayed they tend to be relatively decisive neat organized future oriented and reliable yes 
industriousness. Now, a few people that I've worked for in the past would probably agree with this low amount of industrialness. Industriousness. <laughs> people who are low in industriousness are much less likely to be successful in school and in administrative and managerial positions, particularly if they are also less intelligent. If they are highly intelligent, they tend to be regarded as underachievers. Far out, Russell Sprout there. They focus less on work than others, are substantially more likely to procrastinate, miss deadlines, or fail to complete assignments and projects completely. I have dropped out of uni a lot of times. They put off responsibilities, concentrating more on fun, worry, relationships, excitement, or creative endeavor. Fudge. They, are, they aren't concerned with schedules, timelines, or efficiency. I am. Unsure if I stick with them then, hey? And will be supervised excessively before their tasks are complete. Not, not really the case for me, but they lack focus and are too easily distracted. I have been suffering from distraction recently in regards to my phone. <laughs> lack of sleep. Watching Top Boy again, I guess. They believe that people fail... They believe that people fail not because they don't apply themselves or hard work, but because chance and luck play the determining roles. They are resistant to guilt, self-disgust and self-contempt and have a very laissez-faire, whatever will be, will be attitude towards life. See, I don't. I don't really have that. But again, maybe that's just my stubbornness thinking that this test is wrong. Orderliness. Love things in order. Very simple one. Very orderly people are highly disgust-sensitive, extraordinarily judgmental, and have a strong tendency towards right-wing authoritarianism. Authorita authoritarianism. Wow. Extroversion. Since extroversion and introversion are poles, this is interesting, guys. I'm quite extroverted, but then also... Don't really like going out. Maybe that's where my conception of this is wrong. So let's read a paragraph and see if we can learn something together, hey? People with very high levels of extroversion are very enthusiastic, talkative, assertive in social situations and gregarious. Need to define that word. They are highly energized by social contact. I am and crave it. I do crave the attention from my friends. They are great. They find great pleasure in planning parties, telling jokes, making people laugh and taking part in community activities. They typically have positive memories of the past, high levels of current self-esteem and experience far above average optimism about the future. This is cool. People who are uncommonly extroverted have a very difficult time keeping things to themselves and tend to tell everyone everything. They are very self-disclosing and they warm up rapidly to other people. They speak first and most often in meetings and they can be extremely captivating pardon me, and convincing. They'll often be the first to act. Let's skip down a little bit. People very high in extroversion are highly dominant in social situations, particularly if they are also low in agreeableness. Less agreeable extroverts tend to be self-centered, something that can be made worse if they're also low in conscientiousness. Fudge. Those who are politically liberal are slightly less... See, JP, he, he whacks a bit of the political stuff in here and I'm just not sure about it. I don't get politics. I just don't get it. Enthusiasm. Individuals who are very high in enthusiasm are uncommonly excitable, happy, and easy to get to know. They will talk very rapidly about everything, particularly other people. They laugh or giggle frequently. They will be 
They must be around people all the time and they love parties. This is strange. They cannot keep people at distance, keep nothing private. They are very positive, optimistic, and they warm up very quickly to other people. They love and crave stimulation, excitement, activity, and fun. I do crave like stimulation in regards to like brain stimulation, um, excitement, activity, and fun. I love that. Enthusiastic people are gregarious, encouraging, and people-loving. Define gregarious. I've seen it twice. Uh, fond of company and sociable. I am fond of company and sociable with the right people, though. Strikingly positive about what might happen next. Enthusiasm is not strongly associated with a political preference, either conservative or liberal. Cool. Assertiveness. Nice and high again. Very high. Very assertive people take are the take charge types. They put their own opinions forward uncommonly strongly. Hit the hammer on the hammer here, boys. And tend to dominate and control social situations. I'm triggered by people that do, but probably because that's what I do. Very assertive people can be strikingly influential and captivating. They have a communication style that is often very associated that is often associated with leadership. This is good when they are knowledgeable. This is good when they are knowledgeable, competent, and able, but not so good when they aren't. Assertive people. Assertive people are people of action. They don't wait for others to lead the way, but leap in heedlessly. They can be impulsive, in consequence, can act without thinking. Liberals tend to be slightly less assertive than conservatives. Now, if anyone's following along and cares about politics, you'll know what um, what political party I care about based on all of these things that I'm reading out. Neuroticism. Now, here's one that I have no idea what the word means, really. So, neuroticism is a measure of general sensitivity to negative emotions such as pain, sadness, irritable or defensive anger, fear, and anxiety. The two aspects of neuroticism are withdrawal and volatility. Strange. People with a typical or average levels of neuroticism have a balanced view of the happiness and sadness of the past, present, and future. Sometimes they are unhappy, anxious, and irritable, particularly when facing a genuine problem, but they generally cope well and do not worry too much. This is true. They have normal levels of self-esteem, particularly when they are also average or above average in extroversion. They are not particularly at risk for de developing anxiety disorders and depression. People with average or typical levels of neuroticism are able to experience consequences of success and appropriately satisfied in relationships and career. Average levels of neuroticism are associated with more than average concern about mental and physical health. A typical number of physician and emergency room visits and an expected degree of absenteeism at work and at school. Very strange. Neuro neuroticism is, a, is not a powerful predictor of political belief. Very good. People with average levels of neuroticism appear to, appear to neither seek out risk nor avoid it. They are interested in security, that's me, but they can also handle recreational, career, financial, and social situations where the possibility of loss is higher. Yeah, I guess. Let me read that again because it didn't really land. They are interested in security but can also handle recreational, career, financial, and social situations where the possibility of loss is higher. Such people appear to be concerned with both maintaining their current status as well as enhancing it. Enhancing it. This is a reasonable strategy in genuinely dangerous or uncertain times and better times alike. Very strange. Withdrawal low. 
withdrawal. Define withdrawal is an aspect of neuroticism. The other aspect of neuroticism is volatility. Very good. Yeah, so that's kind of the same as low, but volatility is what I wanted to read. So withdrawal. Rarely suffer for repeated by anticipatory anxiety. They handle new, uncertain, inspected, threatening or complex situations well. Very good. Volatility is an aspect of neuroticism. Individuals with moderately high who are moderately high in volatility tend to vary somewhat in their mood. Yeah. They can be more irritable than a typical person, feeling disappointment, frustration, pain, and social isolation so social isolation social isolation somewhat more easily. They are somewhat more likely to act out or verbally express their frustration, disappointment, and irritability when stirred up and upset or angry or irritated. They take longer to calm down and they are more argumentative than average and can lose their composure. I like a good argument. I like talking. That's why I've missed this podcast the last two weeks. When stirred up and upset or angry or irritated, they can take longer to calm down. Oh, I already read that already. They can sometimes be provocative in a dispute. Holy shit. What are you doing? Me all the time. Volatile people tend to get upset if something bad does happen, while people high in withdrawal tend to be concerned that something bad might happen. Ah, okay. So I just get pissed off when something does happen, not if it might happen. Techni technically, volatility has been associated with activity in the brain systems that regulate fight, flight, or freeze. It's not got anything to do with a political preference, and it's higher for women than men. We're getting there, guys. We've got a few more to go. few more to go. Openness. If you are, you are high in openness, which is the primary dimension of creativity. That's all I want to read for that. Don't care about the rest. Oh, let's read it. Artistic interest and intelligence, particularly verbal intelligence, in the big five personality trait scientific model. What? Openness is a measure of interest in novelty, art, literature, abstract thinking, philosophy, and as well as sensitivity to aesthetic emotions and beauty. Cool. People with... This is a spooking massive one, guys. Oh, my God very likely to be prolific readers. I think we've all learnt from this podcast that I don't read out loud very often. I read in silence and I mumble to myself when I'm reading a book or something. Um, and actually, I'm just going to interject into the middle of this right now and we'll just jump back. Where's, where's this? We'll just jump back over here real quick. I got motivated today by my dear friend, best friend, Mitchell Dean, who graduated from uni and I was, man, I was looking at all those people that were, were graduating and I was just thinking, holy shit, this is just proof that like the work works. You know what I mean? Like you do get that certificate at the end of your thing. You do reach that goal if you knuckle down and study like all these people have, have studied for years, years and years and years. And there's some dude there getting like a, the most hectic, uh, uh, like accolade for a professor and I was just looking at this man and thinking like he's dedicated his whole life to just like studying and working on himself and working on ideas and implementing ideas and founding things and just just so just, it's just cool right it's just really really cool so if we go back if I come down 
Oh my goodness, sorry everyone. We'll get back to the full screen in just a second. Here we are. Hello, hello, hello. Very good way. Right. But that's why that's why I'm doing this today, because I'm like, man, I just want to study myself, and this is the kind of stuff I want to study. Um, so why not go to understandmyself.com? Hey? Start there. Very good. Uh, people who are high in openness are less well adapted and tend to do less in situations or occupations that are unroutinized and predictable. Sorry, that are routinized and predictable. They do not fit at the well at bottom of hierarchies. They are typically ill-suited to entry-level repetitive rote positions because they're always thinking up new ways to do things. And such ideas are sel seldom welcome from someone at the bottom. They are radical thinkers. They shake things up, particularly if they are also disagreeable and assertive. Here we go, boys. They are somewhat more likely to be revolutionary rebels, particularly if above or below average or below in <laughs> conscientiousness. Shit! Particularly if average or below in conscientiousness. What was I in conscientiousness? Okay, I was average. Cool. Oh, uh, openness is cool. Because it... Tend to be strong in entrepreneurial and spirit as well as smart and creative. I, I'd like to think that I'm entrepreneurial in spirit and as well as smart and creative. Creating new ventures for profit, curiosity, sometimes for personal transformation. Far out, Brussels Sprout. What's this one? An 89. Bang. Intellect. High. I'll take that. Do not confuse do not confuse this with IQ. Mad hard. People high in intellect are quite interested in ideas and abstract concepts. That's all we need to know. I like reading and learning about stuff, especially like nostalgia and history and personal development, personal growth. Um, I've researched so much about grief and all that kind of stuff. Like it's probably a little bit heavy for you guys right now. But eventually we'll get into it because once I start talking about grief and like mental transportation and anticipated nostalgia and all that kind of stuff. Hooli dooly Batman. It gets hectic. Um, aesthetics, very high. You're high in aesthetics, the aspect of openness. Uh, what does this mean? Generally speaking, a person's aesthetics reflects their creativity. So if we've got high aesthetics, higher creativity. creativity. People who are very high in aesthetics love beauty. Oh yeah, I love beautiful things like my beautiful wife. They uh they require an outlet for their creative ability. Instagram, podcasts. They need to be surrounded by arts or beautiful crafts. And my art is vintage games and vintage furniture and things that help me mentally transport to a to a pseudo nostalgia that I've developed in my brain. Hey, they are uncommonly affected by music many genres cool they get unusually immersed in a book or a movie their own thoughts and become oblivious to the outside world hooli dooly addiction to gaming and movies and top boy what you saying fam uh, impractical and flighty however it can be extremely difficult to transform creativity into money or into a career high levels of creativity are furthermore necessary for entrepreneurial success and often prove useful at the top of hierarchies, even in very conservative occupations, such as banking, accounting, and law, which need creative people in leadership positions to provide new vision and direction. Liberals are higher in aesthetics. Far out, Brussels sprout. I don't know if I'm a liberal or a Democrat or whatever the opposites are, but hey, guys, 
I was, that was the first time I was reading that. I did the test and I was like, you know what? I'm just going to make a podcast on it this week. So they're my personality traits. I, I miss you guys. I miss talking to you guys. I miss sitting down in this chair and doing podcasts every single week. Um, I know it's only been two weeks and you know, sometimes, sometimes it's just hard to be as creative and, and know what to talk about. But I'm in a really good spot right now. Had a few stressful weeks um, just with some family stuff. And then like work has been so stressful in regards to implementing some new things and, and just pumping content out and everything like that. So thank you everyone for your love and support and sitting back and being a part of the friendship. Um, I love you guys so much. And I think I'm just going to be starting to do a little bit more like this and, and, and sharing my, my like journey of study and things that I like actually am interested in and just studying with you guys and, and having a little camera in the corner of my screen and, and going for it, surfing the, surfing the internet and finding out some cool shit and learning together um, and just interviewing some interesting people. I've got some really cool interviews lined up with some lads from the community and um, all people from different walks of life and I can't wait to share it all. So like I said, big love, make sure you like, comment, subscribe, do all the fun stuff that you do for us and I'll see you guys when I'm looking at char. <laughs>